The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. The tricky, fine-line leaders of global businesses walk, former Xerox CEO Ursula Burns. In the United States, China is probably the top issue that businesses are dealing with, boards and CEOs are dealing with. And former Defense Department official Michelle Flournoy. you got to work with each business, has to really do an assessment of what are their supply chain vulnerabilities, their dependencies. China, always on our minds. Even if you don't have a business center in China, it's an area of high interest and high concern. And at the end of this long week, the rest of the stories that got us squawking. Florida, Florida, Florida. It's bipartisan now. Nobody likes this. The SpaceX successful failure. Watch it burn. It's nothing compared to what happened with Tesla shares yesterday. And we're all naked. Is that it? And in terms of blue, uh, I'm wearing clothes. Yeah, you are. But in terms of blue check marks, we're no we're blue at. check marks. The end of a social media era. You don't have to be on there. Well, I'm not going to get off if it's free. All that today and so much more. What idiot steals art? It's Friday, April 21st, 2023. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back you by in three, two, one. Cue it, please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. It's Friday. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. And let's take a look at the U.S. equity futures at this hour. Greetings from the free state of Florida. Disney stepping up its fight with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Sources telling CNBC that Disney now pushing its lobbyists to step up their efforts to influence the Republican-controlled state legislator. On Monday, Disney executives called on lobbyists to key in, uh, I'm sorry, to key in on a, a Florida bill that, has, uh, that really could hurt the company, including land use bills, and start aggressively working against them. Now, DeSantis effectively controls the Senate legislator with a GOP supermajority, but Disney may be counting on critical public perception of the governor's actions to dissuade some Republican officials from siding with him. A spokesman for Disney declined to comment on the lobbying effort. And there's some people who say that it's time now for um, Disney to sue. You know, what would happen if you, if, you, if you took this to court? Now, I don't know, maybe the judges are, are all the census appointees in, in the state hard of to Florida. Fight the government. It's hard to fight the government when the government chooses to step in. This is, a, this is this is a, been a unifying yeah. experience for it's bipartisan now. Nobody likes this. Nobody. I mean, Republicans might even be louder about this than About than, pushing than back Democrat. on DeSantis. And I think he did really well not listening to people about COVID, and he got it in his head that whatever I do culturally, so it's whatever, it, it, it's going to pay off because I'm governor and I, I've got this little, the state of Florida is my little uh, kingdom or whatever. Right. Magic, magic kingdom. kingdom, literally. <laughs> But this, uh, I don't, it, look at his polls. I mean, it's scary. It, I'm, I see it every day. I, I think, 
I think President Trump, former President Trump, has like 54 endorsements. And, well, and DeSantis has two. DeSantis, the polls DeSantis in, went to Washington. They flipped in, in New right. Hampshire. Yeah. DeSantis was up in New Hampshire, and it's been a 33-point flip. DeSantis went to Washington, and while he was there, several of the Republican um, congressmen actually endorsed Trump on that very it's, day. Yeah, exactly. It's very, uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it's... It's a company. Uh, the company should. This is not what Republicans do, or else you can't criticize. You right. can't criticize. What, yep. When when they criticize uh, companies for getting woke, too woke, uh, and and siding with the government, it's like, why are you siding with? You know, don't the government can't control you, but suddenly trying to control here. Elon Musk's SpaceX launch. Was it good or bad? Why is everyone cheering? Launched uh, its Starship rocket for the first time yesterday. The uncrewed space flight, spacecraft flew for nearly four minutes, successfully separated from the super heavy uh, booster. That was the key in-flight milestone. But uh, then the rocket suffered what the company calls, this might have been a McKinsey uh, term that we talked about earlier, a rapid unscheduled disassembly. We should have had separation by now. Obviously, this is, uh, does not appear to be a nominal situation. It blew up, uh, basically, uh, spectacularly, and SpaceX leadership repeatedly stressed that the experimental nature of the launch uh, and said that any result that involved uh, Starship actually getting off the launch pad. As we said before, obviously we wanted to make it all the way through, but to get this far, honestly, is amazing. <laughs> Those are low expectations if you get off the launch pad, but maybe it's real. Maybe the real expectation for what the engineering that you're trying to accomplish here, but still, I must say that the company learned, oh boy, learned a lot from yesterday's test and teased another test uh, launch in a few months. What, what is, was this thing? Uh... Rocket science is hard. It is. Rocket science is hard. There were 33 engines I know, but what, on this thing. What was this thing worth? Uh, oh, the cost of it. I don't actually know. I mean, it was a piece of a... Watch it burn. It's nothing compared to what happened with Tesla shares yesterday. And right. he lost more than $13 billion in Tesla shares. So you watch this one, but maybe that's a... What's it? Is it in the bees? It's not in the bees. Oh, I don't think this is a billion so. dollar project. No, uh, no even the... Even the, the rocket the, itself. Yeah. yeah. No. I don't think um, so. No. It's rocket science. It's hard. He looked, he looked totally nonplussed if you watched him in the control room as this was happening. Because people were... The, the couple of days prior, he had been sort of tamping down expectations yeah. about what was, what was possible. So I think they do this knowing that they're going to put it up and they might fail and they're going to see how it, how it works. You saw the, the, how many offsets you'd need to buy for this? Carbon offsets? Yeah. Mm-mm. How many? A lot. A lot. <laughs> I don't know how many countries driving for a year, all their people in their Yeah, no, there's, SUVs. A, there's a whole bunch of articles about that. There's a whole bunch of articles, by the way, environmental articles about the area where this is, where this is now taking place Boca and Chica. just how many of these things are going to go, you know, land but, uh, in, in the water and what that does. Is there some debris falling, too? Yes, no, there's Why? debris falling. And it takes, apparently it takes some, something on the order, at least the last time this happened, three months to, to go out and clean it up to actually find all the debris and do all the work. So it's a project. And... I guess we gotta go to Mars. We gotta do these things as humans. I think I think you still we? gotta do them. Personally, you mean the royal we or? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All of Personally. us, humanity right. needs to continue to forge. Somebody else ahead. Well, yeah, I've said that. It's not gonna be me or you. Oh, no, it might be you. You said. 
I'd go after a lot after, of other After you're not eating <laughs> potatoes grown in poop. Is that what it was? Yes. Potatoes. Martian. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was. We're also watching shares of Tesla after that stock lost nearly 10% of its value yesterday. The morning, this morning, the shares are actually up by about one and a quarter percent. Um, this comes after the company is raising prices in the United States on most of its high-end vehicles, the Model S and the Model X. However, sticker prices are still well below where they were at the start of the year, but that was the issue yesterday, the margins, the gross margins, whether they'd continue to go down from here, what happens with that. Um, again, the stock's up uh, one and a quarter percent this morning. Yesterday's drop by Tesla represented a loss of $55 billion in market value. $13 billion of that was uh, Elon Musk's portion of it. If you were looking at Facebook, the parent company Meta Platforms has now surpassed its market cap, at least based on yesterday's close. Shares of Meta are up more than 140% from their November 2022 lows. It's, while we're talking about Elon and Tesla, so yeah. we're all naked, is that it? In, in terms of blue... Uh, yeah, I'm wearing clothes. Yeah, you are. But in terms of blue check marks, we're... No we're blue check marks. Oh, yeah. Someone wrote in yesterday. Uh, first, my son told me, and he said, people are angry. I was laughing. I was going, oh, no. You, you know, I, I was kidding. It was like... And, but then some people were writing into me, your blue check mark is gone. I go, I'm just hoping the sun comes up tomorrow, which it, it, it suddenly... <laughs> it's uh, it, it hasn't yet. It hasn't I, yet. I was it almost like... like I, I was almost like Clint. It's like... Oh, more on that later. Okay. But it was almost like, make my day. I hate Twitter. You cannot do it. I, I hate the people on Twitter. They're the worst. It, brings out, get off of it, it wor- brings out the worst things. Why don't you just get off of it? You don't need I don't want to think of humanity the way I think of these people that, that are on You don't Twitter. have to be on there. Well, I'm not going to get off if it's free, but I'm certainly not buying a... And I'm not a celebrity. No, I'm not, actually. Not that I ask myself. But who gets these? LeBron? Well, LeBron James apparently... They kept the blue check mark on, even though he said, I don't want the blue check mark. He did. Yes. He said, yes. Yeah, go they LeBron. From, they took it away from the Pope. I, I, LeBron yesterday. scored over 25 the other night, and I made some money with LeBron. <laughs> I did. So he's, he's on, my, he's on my good side. Mark? He's on my good side. More than enough to buy a check. I could buy two check marks. Well, how much is it? Uh, eight bucks. Yep. I could buy two check marks. Yes. Meantime, uh, BuzzFeed CEO. Uh, Jenna Peretti notifying employees yesterday the company is laying off 15% of its staff and shutting down its news unit. The cuts amount to about 180 people out of total workforce of 1,200. As of last year, BuzzFeed News had about 100 employees and lost about $10 million per year. The division won a Pulitzer Prize in 2021 for its reporting on China's mass detention of Muslims. Share of, of that company have fallen about 90% since it went public via SPAC in late 21. The market cap has now fallen from $1.5 billion to about $100 million. And oh, that's a, there's a... I didn't ben see Smith that. jumped at the right time. I didn't see that decimal point. Long before I didn't see that decimal point. So it's not seven and a half, it's 75 cents. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, no, this is... Uh, and they, they've apparently embraced generative AI now. So a lot of their stories, or I guess they're not doing news, but BuzzFeed says they're going to use like open AI to generate to just write all the stories? Web, web, web pages of listicles and whatever. Well, oh, I was yeah. going to say, to, to, to generate click, clickbait, yeah. clicks, basically. Clicks, SEO, yeah. exactly. I don't like that either. Search for Friday, I don't, I don't like a lot of things. Okay, let's Coming go. up uh, for... Uh, I like that it's Friday. Let's yeah, go. I like that it's Friday. Cheese will be next. 
Coming up, former Xerox CEO Ursula Burns on the questions corporate leaders are asking about working in China. And I do believe that industries, Apple clearly won, they are at risk, more at risk, right? If you're a general consumer provider, you're more at risk. That does not avoid the fact or negate the fact that that market is attractive, that they will deal with those risks if the return is high enough. Squawk Pod rolls on right after this. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global asset manager. You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says the U.S. and China can and need to find a way to live together in spite of their strained relations. She made those comments yesterday in a speech at Johns Hopkins, calling for cooperation on the urgent global challenges of our day. Our path is not preordained and it is not destined to be costly. The trajectory of this relationship is the aggregate of choices that all of us in these two great powers make over time, including when to cooperate, when to compete. The Treasury Secretary's speech comes as tensions between the U.S. and China are at a fever pitch after the discovery of a Chinese surveillance balloon in U.S. airspace in recent months and concern over the country's ties with Russia despite the invasion of Ukraine. For more on this critical geopolitical relationship and how it impacts those in corner offices and making business decisions, we were joined by Ursula Burns, former Xerox CEO and now chairwoman at Tenio, and Michelle Flournoy, co-founder and managing partner at West Exec Advisors. She was also a former undersecretary of defense. Andrew Ross Sorkin kicks things off. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be so here. we hear a lot of rhetoric around China right now. Uh, mostly from the U.S. It feels like there's more rhetoric from the U.S. towards China necessarily than China towards the U.S., but I don't know. I'm curious if you think that's the right way to think about it and what, what to do about it, if that's the case. I think it is the right way to think about it. I mean, we don't, I don't know what's happening in China, what they're saying in business circles in China, but in the United States, China is probably it's the top issue that businesses are dealing with, boards and CEOs are dealing with. Um, even if you don't have a business center in China, it's an area of high interest and high concern. One is it's a large population that we want to have access to to sell our goods and services. Obviously, we want that competition for that space to be fair, balanced, etc. And up until this point, it has not always been. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we pay so much attention to U.S. policy, U.S government um, actions in China. The second is that we want to actually make sure that we protect our national security interests. Big deal. Believe it or not, CEOs are interested in that as well. 
We don't want to give away things that would endanger our future. And then the third, there are areas that we should work together on. Climate, for example, um, human right. health. These are all things that we have to be engaged with, and CEOs and boards are spending a lot of time on it. Would you prefer that all these U.S. businesses are, are doing business in China or not right now? Look, for 30 years we've been telling U.S. business, invest in China, invest in China, help engage them in the international economy, make them a responsible stakeholder. And under, for the last 10 years, with the rise of President Xi, China's really changed its stance. It's adopted a much more assertive, even aggressive posture in, you know, around the Taiwan Straits, right. around the world, in various areas. And so now I think we're not decoupling. That doesn't make sense. It's not really possible. But in areas that touch on national security, on technology, our technological competitiveness, which will give us our future economic edge, in those areas we need to start, you know, disentangling. And I think, so I think a lot of businesses are, find themselves kind of walking in a minefield yes. of But can you do one and not the other? I mean, this idea that we can basically maybe decide we're going to block TikTok, for example, and what the ramifications could be on a, a Starbucks, meaning... Mm -hmm. A so, yeah, I mean, things that you may think of as being unrelated, but if you're uh, the Chinese government, you might just decide I'm going to relate everything to each other. Yeah, right. the, you'll see China will start taking some, you know, retro, actions of retribution in some ways, but they are trying to project this message of, hey, post-COVID, we are open for business. We want foreign investment. We want your technology. We want your, your investment here in China. So they have to walk a line, too, to not chill that environment and scare off Western businesses. And the thing we have to understand is that we have technology that is useful, valuable. Right. Um, we have a consumer base that is actually attractive to them as well. So we're going to, I agree 100%, we're going to run into some um, unclear and very right. risky areas, but we have to but keep When pushing. you're talking to other businesses, or by the way, you're on the board of Uber. I mean, Uber effectively got out of China. Um, uh, what? Oh, uh, we, 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 okay. directly. But the, the question is, do you want to be in China right now? Would you, if you were going to make an investment in China today, if China's saying we're open for business, please come. Yep. A, do you want to be there because you're worried about what China may do to you? And B, are you worried about being there because of what America may do to you? Yeah. In the two areas, the answer would be yes to most businesses. The answer would be yes. Just about everybody we advise at, at Teneo wants to be there and actually is desirous that we can do that sooner rather than later if they're not there and grow our presence. But it has to be under this context of national security, fair competition. If, it's, if we can't get it there, then I think we're going to have to settle for significantly less access to that market. It's very hard to answer the question abstractly. I really, you, you've got to work with each business has to really do an assessment of what are their supply chain vulnerabilities, their dependencies. If there were a crisis, say, over Taiwan, how would that play out? How would that affect their business? Right. And that's exactly the kind of scenario planning and, and sort of red teaming that we're doing to try to help CEOs yeah. navigate this. I, I don't know if you're taking into, or, or maybe you can address it. There's a huge threat that comes from Washington, D.C., though. This is about the only issue that Democrats and Republicans are united right. on right now. Right. And if you look at somebody like Tim Cook, he faced some pretty tough questioning from American um, congressman who yeah. went to, to visit with him too. If you, if you do this, you're putting yourself in a little bit of a perilous position and the, it's a tight way. The politics tight way. of this are really hard because the tougher you are in China, the better you are politically. And as we head into our own presidential election cycle, that's going to become even more the case. 
that shrinks the political space for the Biden administration to do some of the cooperation you talked about in areas where it's in our interest to do it on climate, on preventing a future pandemic, on nonproliferation, all of these other areas. And I do believe that industries, you know, Apple clearly one is they are at risk, more at risk, right? If you're a general consumer provider, you're more at risk. That does not avoid the fact or negate the fact that that market is attractive, that they will deal with those risks risk if the return is high enough. And I expect right. that we will make our way. Can, can you do the scenario planning just in front of the audience publicly right now for Taiwan? <laughs> right. Meaning you're, you're a big U.S. multinational business in China. Right. Call yourself Apple, call yourself Nike, call yourself Starbucks, call yourself, okay, there's an invasion of Taiwan. What happens? Well, first of all, I'm not sure if it's an invasion or what we've seen them rehearsing in the last two rounds of response, first to the Pelosi visit, then to the Tsai Transit uh, in the United States, is a blockade. So Taiwan is an island. <laughs> it is. Oh, know, let's, say, let's say they try to take the island, yeah. how, whether no, 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 by blockade or some or other mechanism. Right. So what you have to think through then is um, how, what will that mean for your supplies? You know, TSMC produces 50% of the chips, 90% right. of the advanced chips in the world. If that gets shut off, you know, most, m several analysts have said two, $2 right. trillion dollars impact on the economy. Um, what are the, you know, what if, uh, as the U.S. responds, or allies respond, if it's unprovoked aggression, then, you know, how does China respond? How does, what does China do in terms right. of creating leverage to avoid sanctions or to avoid a blockade of right. its supply chain? Well, but you're so talking you right now about, about supply chain. Yes. The other piece of this is think about what happened with Ukraine and Russia, which is right. to say well, McDonald's, every American company said, out of the pool. We're out. Mm -hmm. We can't, we can't yeah. be here anymore. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, before it was a sanction, mm -hmm. that was just simply the political and social pressure yes. but Andrew, uh, brought I don't to think bear. It, I don't think that companies have the flexibility to be out of the pool in Taiwan or China like right. they do in, in, Russia, right. in Russia, right? So even though it was hard, as, as uh, Michelle says, literally, we are dependent on this island for chips that make just about everything that we right. run in the world. So we're going to have to I think if this ever happened, hardship is going to be there in the near term. Yeah. Meaning that we're sure. willing to have principles as long as it doesn't cost us too much profit. Too much profit. That's but, right. But that's, the name, that's the point. Yeah. The yeah. name of the game is deterrence. I mean, what we should be focused on for the next five to ten years is how do we make sure that every day she Absolutely. wakes up not feeling confident that he could pull this off, feeling that this would be too Absolutely. risky, too costly, et cetera. Right. And that's got to be the focus. Real quick, grade the, this administration with dealing with this issue that you're talking about. B plus. B plus? I would give them an A minus, actually. I think there's always more that can be done, but I think they've played really their good. cards really, really well, investing in the drivers of our competitiveness and aligning our allies with us as much as possible and trying to put some guardrails. I mean, they've made tremendous outreach to the Chinese asking for dialogue, asking right. for more connection, asking right. for more right. communication right. and cooperation. And they've been given the hand. All so, right. it, you know, I think that, but I think they've been trying. Okay. Ursula, Michelle, thank you. Thank you so Great much. To see you both. Good to see you both. Good to see you all three Good of you. How about on the economy? B plus and A minus <laughs> on. Uh... Yeah, I. Um... <laughs> Never mind. I, I think those were, those were both Ivy League uh, curve grades anyway. Yeah. Were already <laughs> okay. Ivy League curve okay. grade. Okay, yes. Everybody gets an A at Harvard once Got you it. get in, right? Do you follow Squawk Box on Twitter? at Squawk CNBC, 
we're still there. If you need a blue check mark, sort of like a loser thing to have. We'll see how things go, but at this point, you can follow us and follow Andrew R. Sorkin, Becky Quick, and at Joe Squawk. I respond to people with zero followers if they say I'm wearing a wig. I'm not going to sit back and just turn the other cheek. We'll be right back. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. This is Squawk Pod with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Stand Andrew by. Here's Andrew. Up and Andrew. Q. Welcome back to Squawk. Twitter has now begun removing legacy blue check marks for formally verified users who declined to pay for a subscription. So far, that includes, I think, us uh, at the us. table. Uh, some celebrities, not claiming we are, no. but uh, had suggested online that they wouldn't subscribe, including uh, Chrissy Teigen, uh, Mark Hamill, um, Dionne Warwick, and uh, Jason Alexander. Among them, all four had lost their blue check marks as of last night. Some celebrities who have said they wouldn't pay, still had their check marks as of this morning, including LeBron James and author Stephen King. In response to a tweet noting those check marks, Elon Musk tweeted, I'm paying for a few of them personally. Uh, effectively, I think, trying to get people to say, look, if, if LeBron's got a blue check mark, maybe I need one. But I think there's a whole group of people who say, if you need a blue check mark, it's sort of like a loser thing to have. Stephen King, by the way, who had said he would never pay for one, um, Elon, Elon responded to his message saying, so yesterday he said, I didn't pay for this and I didn't give him my phone number or anything. And he said, uh, well, thanks or namaste or something on the thing. And, but the whole idea that, that well, you have King to. Stephen King had been respectful in how he said it. He said something right. about how he, he's used the platform, but there's no way he's paying for it. And right. So he wound up with one of them. But he, he got one. Yeah. I don't know. The question is, do you think if enough celebrities have the blue check mark? And I, other people pay for the or do you think now I've it's seen just, some journalists saying, hey, I, today's the day everybody finds out I was paying for it and don't hate me for it. You know, right. it's, I'm, I'm using it for good purposes for editing. I mean, <clears throat> it wouldn't be LeBron himself like sitting down writing a check, obviously. But if, even if he told someone to pay for it, you'd think you're a loser, right? But I mean, doesn't this, I mean, when Stephen King literally writes, my Twitter account says I've subscribed to Twitter Blue, I haven't. My Twitter account says I've given a phone number. I haven't. And that, is that a good look? So he doesn't want anyone to think that he would even do right. it. So why and, would anyone? Right. Elon know? Musk responds, you're welcome. Namaste. Okay. I uh, don't know. I don't know how you're supposed to think about it. I don't know how this finally works itself out. But, but this was the big effort to get if, money. If you see someone, revenue. let's say, what do you got, a million followers or more or something? No, a little bit less. But, but sure. if they see Andrew Ross Sorkin, a million followers, what? what they will assume it's, a, it's him. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know why you need the check mark, though. What? I hope that you can hope that they do, but there's going to be a lot it's, more. It's a little more so what does it do for you, well, exactly? And $8 is not, you know, I could well, probably... Well, it, it doesn't mean anything, because anybody could buy an account for $9 and say they're, you know, Ekibay, Ekway. Is it, eight, yeah, it, is it $8 a month? It's $8 a month. $8.99 a month. See, I could just stop doing DraftKings, and I could use that $8 for... That's one way to think about it. Stop uh, buying coffee. Like, there's lots of things. Stop buying 
one day. For, for, but Starbucks for one day stopped, right. stopped doing it. Use that. I don't know how this is going to play out. I, I, I don't think we've, we've said, uh, I don't think we're finished anyway, talking about yeah, this. Do you think? think Probably not. I but guess I used to like the blue check marks for a very different reason. It wasn't, uh, it's the, wasn't it's some kind of egomaniacal thing. Yeah. It was more that I, it was a good way to filter who you were viewing, except to say that Elon Musk would say that's not how you should filter right. things, right? That people with blue check marks are necessarily experts. This goes to the whole idea of who's an expert, who's not, who's important, right. who's not, it's and he's true. trying to flatten the, and, and, and the there, fields. And there is something to be said for that for certain people. It's not yeah. how I use it, but it's how other people did. I mean, I respond to, to people with zero followers if they say I'm wearing a wig. I do. I, I have I, to, because I, I will not, I'm not going to sit back and just turn the other cheek. And take You're that. not going to abide by that? From those bots? No. Yeah. You're going to let those bots, bots have it? I'm, yeah, I'm furious. Yeah. I don't care if they say something right. nice. The other thing, by the way, was he thought that if you had to subscribe, it would prevent the bots from taking over the site because it would, it would, it would eliminate it, all it'll, the bots It'll out eliminate there. some of the bots, but not the trolls. But I don't There's know if it really the, will. Yeah. You will get, apparently, more reach if you pay, which go, yes. also goes to the idea of this lords and peasants thing. If you pay, you can reach more people. If you don't pay reach less people. News out of Canada because police there investigating the heist of nearly $15 million in gold and other high-value goods from a shipping container. The container was about five square feet in size. It was offloaded from a plane, Toronto's Pearson International Airport, and stored, quote, securely in a cargo holding facility. It was reported missing shortly afterwards. Toronto Airport Authority said the thieves accessed the public side of a warehouse that was leased to a third party outside of the airport's primary security line. Now, authorities haven't disclosed where the cargo came from, where it was going, or who it owned. But Would you ship that much? I mean, ship that much gold? I don't know. But it's also, uh, that's a pretty good scam. I mean, it's not like serial marked is it or the bar maybe the bars i don't know maybe it is but it seems like you could you could really fence that somewhere without having to worry about it being traced back like you can't do art what idiot steals art you know what i mean unless it's going to be hidden in some billionaire's place but gold isn't gold like pretty melt it down right melt it down you could uh that's a pretty what was the name of money heist wasn't that a TV show? That was a show. That was, was one show of the that, that people on did Netflix. Did you see there are now people who are getting caught for using crypto um, currency as part of their frauds and scams because, you know, one of the great things of crypto is right. that you can track it forever. And the authorities have now figured out how to get into the right. ledger to track Which is the argument things. in favor of crypto right. as so a... If you cre- it was being used to create all kinds of crimes on Silk Road and other things. Right. Now, some of those crimes from as far back as 2011... Are being, are being prosecuted right. as they go back and figure it out. I don't know. So maybe it's not so smart to use that for scams after Maybe all. just use the gold. And that is Squawk Pod for today and for the week. Have a great and restful weekend. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern and follow Squawk Pod wherever you listen. We'll meet you right back here on Monday. We are clear. Thanks, guys. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. 
or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.